You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, uh, here with uh, the best producer in the world and um, the owner of a, of a new computer. <laughs> We've- and I'm sure you're happy about the Leafs going basically all in, it seems. Oh, yeah. Maddie, how are you? What's up? I'm good, Fred. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I got the new computer, so uh, hopefully this is the end of all the weird video glitches and things that have been going on so far. It's the beginning. So far, it's not. I can't even hear the. There's no fan turning on. It's beautiful. Can't hear anything. So, yeah, it should be smooth riding and uh, happy to get going here as we're in, you know, the last 20 games or so, right? Hell, yeah. Let's uh, let's get right to it. We got a... we we got two guests today, so whoa, we got two guests. Isn't Holy that crazy? shit! Um, uh, uh, one is, is new, and one is uh, the the most frequent guest on the pod. Uh, let's uh, let's bring in uh, my 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 buddy, the the most frequent guest on the pod. First, uh, she runs buckets and tea. Uh, we do the uh, WNBA um, uh, the pickup podcast together on the Sonar Network. She's an incredible uh, stand-up comedian. She is an amazing writer. Um, she's always busy doing stuff, booked and blessed, as I say, because of her. Um, yeah, just always an honor to have her. She is incredible. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Katherine Niker. Freddie, I got to say, you know, frequent, most frequent guests on the pod said over and over again with less enthusiasm each time, you know, it just came off like we've just been in a really long marriage together. You know what? <laughs> Listen, maybe, this, is, maybe, this is my wife. Maybe there's a trading <laughs> slip there where we, we're, we're tired of each other. We hate each other. Um, I don't like that you keep me in check. <laughs> like our, our relationship's really on the rocks. Um, most frequent guests, <laughs> biggest enemy. Um, yeah. Most frequent happy- guests. <laughs> uh, what's up? Happy to be back as always. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like now you got to just be like, happy to be back, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's bring on the new guests. Hopefully I can like, you know, 
Yeah, let's listen. Listen, I'm going to pump myself up a bit more. Um, I met him at the Raptors Republic event uh, in uh, just before Christmas, and then uh, I saw him again um, eating lunch when uh, or we were eating lunch together with the uh, Raptors Republic crew at the three on three tournament. Um, very excited to finally have him on the podcast. Uh, he runs to uh, uh, to the point uh, Raptors podcast, which I'm also excited to be on uh, shortly. Um, but give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Simon Broder. Hey, what's up, everybody? Nice to, uh, nice to finally be on. We've been talking about this for like six months, but yeah, yeah. Now I'm here, ready to give my takes, and uh, yeah, let's roll with Sick. it. This is your forever music, by the way. So, oh, good to know. <laughs> It seems like a character who's like waiting to do something in a video game. <laughs> um, I don't know if it ever like if a beat ever kicks in or it's just sort of like you're in the menu waiting there. It sounds a little. It's very. Right, it's but... very side quest. It's very side quest. It is very side quest. That's oh, like yeah, yeah uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. You're in the options menu just there. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a Zelda Breath of the Wild. Shout out for Catherine. I don't yeah, know the game that much, but I'm obsessed with it. Um. Okay, I'd like a Breath of the Wild. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get to Raptors talk. Uh, I actually had to add a question because we had some breaking news, which would be fun. Uh, Maddie, good sir. I don't know if you got them all loaded up with your new computer, but we shall see. Um, yeah, it's all Weird Al stings uh, at this point. Give me your best, your weirdest Raptors Weird Al sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. Nice. I think that was new or more strange than usual. Stop. Um. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes one sneaks Trust in there. Trust in Maasai. Trust in Maasai. Pronounced horribly. Um. Also, paging Bobby Webster. I think there's no G there. It's just like paying. <laughs> the the AI does not hit the consonants. All good. <laughs> Uh, Maddie D, thank you. Uh, Catherine, I'm going to start with you. You know, we don't need to have a, uh, you know, yeah, this just just happened. Um, actually, let, let me well, let the audience know as well. They probably know by now, but we have officially waived um, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Um, and we have uh, acquired via buyout uh, Will Barton, who was bought out for... Uh, the uh, the Washington Wizards earlier this year. He's coming in averaging uh, just under eight points, just under 20 minutes. Uh, he's a career um, uh, 35% three-point shooter. This year he was shooting uh, 38% from three. Uh, so that seems to be the, the, you know, the major reason we've acquired him. Another guard, veteran shooter, he's 32 as well. Um Let's just get, uh, yeah, your our, our takes on that, Catherine. How do you feel about um, adding Will Barton and getting rid of uh, of Bo? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, uh, Wancho was a, a fan favorite, so we're definitely gonna miss him for sure. But I think uh, looking at Barton's numbers, they're uh, higher across the board. So pretty much. So it's definitely an upgrade. I mean, I want to see the Wizards now sign Wancho just to have a real, like, you know, 
uh, just to have a mini rivalry as we go into this final stretch here. I think we're seeing each other like two or three times. So, you know, let's, let's make it interesting. Right. I like it. Um, Wizards GM, Ted Leonsis, I think, or owner or whatever. Uh, you just heard it here. Uh, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely listening. Yeah, he, he listens to the, he's our biggest listener. Um, please <laughs> sign Wancho. Uh, we want to have some, like, some, some, some bad vibes. Uh, we want to have some, uh, some blood spill. I don't know. Fun. I mean, is, is Nick Nurse really going to play this guy, you think? Honestly, that is a frustratingly accurate question. Um, I mean, I was just talking with a friend. Uh, I feel like uh, there's so many different themes this year, but one of the biggest things is uh, I think a bit of a disconnect from the uh, front office to the coach, um, you know, back to the Tampa year nurse has kind of been alluding, like I don't have guys to play. Mm. And that means I will just play the guys I do trust, like, you know, league leaning minutes. Uh one of the first times I've ever heard Masai sort of, it's not like a shot across the bow sort of thing, but in that presser uh, shortly after the deadline, he did say that he wants to get uh, some of his bench guys more minutes and that uh, we're playing our, our starters too much. So you haven't really heard that sort of thing from Masai. I think he lets nurse do his thing, but you know, it's gotta be frustrating to, to believe in people and draft people and, and have them not trusted by the head coach. So um, yeah, this is a direct acquisition. Will Barton, uh, you'd expect he would play and he's, you know, I don't want to take all the points away, but the skills he brings to the table, uh, are, I think the skills that the, the this Raptors team needs more than anything. Yeah. Um, I think if he becomes like a, a decent three and D guy for us, that's going to be huge. That alone will be huge if he's a decent three and D guy. Yeah, totally. Just like if just another person who can knock down shots and take shots with some reliability would be gigantic for the squad. Uh, Simon, where are you at with Will Barton and uh, the acquisition? Well, I, I 100%. Uh, this is actually a, a, an acquisition I predicted a couple of weeks ago. I said, if we're going to get a bio guy, this is kind of like the ideal bio guy for us. It's amazing. Three point shooter. I, I even said, you know, Juancho's probably the guy who has to go because yeah. the way the contracts work out and the fact that he wasn't playing. Um, I think I think Will Barton will play a little bit um, because he just very specifically, this is what we wanted at the deadline. When 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 they went out and they got Jakob Pertl, right? It was like, okay, where's the guard now to, to fix the shooting? Um, yeah. And that's kind of exactly what Will Barton can provide. Now, that said, he's, he's not known for being a particularly good defender. He's not having a particularly good year this year. Um, so I can definitely see a situation where Nick Nurse kind of rolls him out for four games. Maybe he misses a couple of shots, misses a couple of rotations on defense, and boom, he's right in the doghouse with Malachi Flynn with everybody else. Uh, but at least it's the front office specifically addressing the need that we've been asking them to address all season. And, I mean, once you go and you get Jakob Bertel, you have to do what you can to, to push for that play-in spot, to push for that number six seed if, if possible. I'm sure we'll get into that later. But, yeah, that's, that's basically my take. Yeah, that's a, that's a great take. And I think, um, though, you know, that's where I, I think the major issue with this team has been shooting. Um, and there's been, you know, it's not as if it hasn't been, uh, my voice cracked hilariously there. Um, <laughs> it, it's not as if there hasn't been any attempt to uh, address it. Obviously, uh, Otto Porter, right, is a shooter that was brought into this team. And, um, you know, I mean, 
he has had a lot of injury history, but I don't think anyone expected for him to have a season ending toe dislocation, but you know, that's, that's, that's very mysterious by the way. I mean, I, I don't really understand how that can, that can knock you out for a whole season, but uh, there's probably something going on there that we don't exactly know the whole story behind. Funny you say that uh, I was having, I clearly only talk about the Raptors, but I was having that conversation with a friend today. I uh, shout out Dan Gallia. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, listen, this guy's missing like ACL, uh, yes. uh, ACL, a uh, torn ACL time with yeah. his toe. And, and even but he, for it, but he's not, also sorry, it's not the drop, but he's also missed like most of the last three or four years. So it's not, it's has. not completely out of left year, left field. Anyway, it is. Yeah, he's had a lot of hip issues and yeah, a lot of injury history. And I think, uh, you know, to the Warriors' credit, the he played only half the games. They really kind of um, were were delicate with him until they needed him in the playoffs. And he, you know, he played a big role in the playoffs, um, most famously starting in the finals. But um, yeah, I, I I do think that there's there's, it's it's, I mean who know the, the the toe is a big deal you know the feet are a big deal for basketball players and I mean whatever well, I I I don't think you're wild to say that there there's something I don't know it was something we don't know anyway I mean so I mean six months is a long time like if it was a month maybe I would understand it but anyway yeah right <laughs> um. I want to see Otto Porter Jr. say that in a in a press conference. Hey, man, the toe's a big deal. <laughs> hey, my toe's a big deal. Um, but uh, my my fear is what you were saying, Simon, is that we we get a guy like Barton, and he there's something that he doesn't do on defense, um, and that is that's kind of like he gets in that doghouse. I'm hoping that there's a veteran aspect of this. I'm hoping that you get a guy like Barton not expecting him to do things he can't do. Right. Like you, you're not going to expect him to um, lock up, uh, you know, Darius Garland and no. Donovan Mitchell. Right. But you do expect him to hit an open shot. And he's, he's yeah. here to take the Malachi Flynn, Jeff Dabin minutes. That's basically what it comes down to. He's not, he's not yeah. going to be playing major, major minutes or anything. He's here to take this. 10 minutes a night that, that they need to rest Fred Van Vliet or need to rest one of the, one of the other guards, wings type, type players. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, you know, with a bunch of guys on this team that are still developing their shot and, you know, uh, like Precious and, um, and Scotty and, you know, um, uh, uh, I, Boucher, I wouldn't say he's developing a shot, but he's just not a great shooter. Um, you know, with guys like that, you know, you really do need, uh, someone to kick the ball out to, um, and someone who's willing to take the shot as well. Uh, but yeah, and I it's think, not going to be Joe Wieskamp. We found out last game, but <laughs> yeah, it's not right. You know, um, I, I, I'm willing to give him another shot, but uh, yeah, he said. I feel like he said one wildly good performance and and one wildly bad performance. I mean, that that was just. It wasn't that he was missing shots, right? It was like air balls left and right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it definitely seemed like he was like like ridiculously like that first shift he played for the team, like where he would just like hit all all three or all four of his threes was like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, there's gotta be some middle territory for him. Like uh, based on what we saw against uh, Cleveland, but uh, yeah, let's stick with you, Simon, for this next question. And um, this is basically as yeah, 20 games left. Um, when you listen to this, we will have played Chicago already. Uh, and 
and where where not not do you want where do you think the raptors uh, are going to end up in the east what is the seed at the end of the year um end of these 20 games where do we finish Okay, so I've got we're we're ninth as of this recording right right now. I've got them moving up to eighth. Um, I think eighth is very reasonable, very palatable. Uh, you could theoretically move up to sixth if everything breaks perfectly right, but that requires mm-hmm. a lot of teams falling off. I think I, I did the math, and it's like if if the Raptors go something like fifteen and five, fourteen and six, and you know Miami, Brooklyn, they kind of fall off, then then there's mm-hmm. a chance you could get up to six, but. I think the more reasonable expectation is to slide up to eighth, maybe sneak into seventh, but essentially in that seven, eight spot uh, where you're guaranteeing yourself two games in the play in um, instead of having to go to play, play the one and then having to win the first one. Um, so I think definitely they can, they can accomplish seventh or eighth, uh, but six is going to be a tall order. And I think ninth would be a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, well said, well said. Um, where are you at Catherine? Um, I agree. I mean, you know, you look at it right now, you'd have to predict that the Nets, the Heat, and the Hawks are going to slip. And I don't think all three of those teams, in addition to us winning like 15-5, and like he said, is going to realistically happen. I mean, Brooklyn, obviously, we all know what happened with them, but they're still a decent enough team, and they are banking on all the wins they did get in the first half of the season. So the odds of them dropping off too far isn't great. With Mm -hmm. the Hawks, they just hired Quinn Snyder. So that's a huge X factor. We have no idea how that's going to shake out over the next 20 games. And the Heat are the Heat. Like, they are proven. So, you know, to say that they're going to completely fall off, I'm not sure. Uh, The So I do think that, you know, 7th or 8th is um, realistic. Maybe more likely 8th than 7th. But I do think 7th is a lot more in reach Mm -hmm. than... um, you know, than not. Um, but yeah. I don't think sixth is is realistic. It's highly optimistic at best. It's not realistic. The only thing I, I will slightly disagree with is that if we do end up eighth, we should all be very happy with that. Because look at where we were even just a month ago. The mm-hmm. turmoil, the blow it up conversations, left, right, and center. You know what I mean? For us to go from where we were a month ago to being eighth, that's good. That is you saved your season a thousand percent. If you're seventh, even better, because we were in 12th for a really long time. So all of it is improvement. It's so great that we can even have this conversation on a real level. Um, but yeah, it's it's seventh or eighth. And it's a first round L to the Bucks or the Celtics, pretty <laughs> much. Um, but everyone considering where we were should be pretty uh pretty okay with that um yeah i'm sure the sort of like i guess uh you know the the tanking crowd would 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 disagree with that as they they want to be as bad as possible but uh i'm not in that crowd and um i i totally agree Uh, i i I agree with both you i i i would i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna go out of the limb i'm actually gonna say the six is the sixth spot is actually not really in play. Um, I just feel like you're really hoping for a dramatic drop-off from one of those teams. And the Raptors finishing, uh, I don't know, like, you know, I, I, like anywhere over over five, like five games over 500, I think is just too much of an ask. Um, however, I do think that the seventh 
uh, is where I'm, I'm going to predict the Raptors do finish. Uh, I, I expect a strong finish from Miami, but I, I think they've, they've shown me at this point, you know, they're, you know, unlike the Raptors, they're not like incomplete and missing parts. I think they are a little bit on the older side and they have some young developing players. Bam is incredible. But I don't think – I think the Miami, they're a gritty team. You don't want to play them in the playoffs or in the play-in. But I feel like they, they're they not built to um, win a bunch of games in a row. I, I just yeah. – I don't see that with this Miami team. I think they're they're tough as hell, uh, and, and I love Spo. By the way, I didn't know about Quinn Snyder. Uh, like, am I way out that's of the loop? Offic- that's official now. Yeah, they announced him, like, yesterday. Um, but, yeah, just to jump on that point, I think – the one, the one way that you could envision them getting to six is the fact that it's Brooklyn. You have to catch who's the farthest ahead of you, and they're mm-hmm. obviously in a complete retool mode at this point. Yeah. Um, and and Miami, I'm not really sold on Miami either. I think my, Miami is a negative point differential this year. They're, they mm-hmm. don't look very good when you kind of look here and there. Lowry's out. Like, guys are just in and out. Guys, a lot of them are old and not playing particularly well. I don't know if Kevin Love is really going to be a game changer for them. But then you look at the Raptors' side, and the Raptors have the second toughest start to schedule for the rest of the season, which, I mean, if you're trying to make major leaps, that's that's not what you want to be looking at. Um, so I think, I think they can stabilize. I think they get back over 500. But, yeah, winning 40, 45 games at this point is probably a stretch. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. And the only thing I'll add to the strength of schedule conversation is that that Milwaukee Boston Boston as the last three games, I, I sort of think that's overweighted. I, I just well, can't. Sure, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can't see those teams. Like, do you see Boston going all out? To no, I, I think the last couple of games of the season will be. But I mean, it's it's overall calculation, right? So yeah, twenty fair, games. Fair. I mean, yeah, maybe there's two or three games that are overweighted in there, but that might bring you down to. 10th yeah you're still you're still facing a tough schedule yeah fair fair a lot of road games um and and to your point Catherine, just going back a bit here uh i do think that um yeah raptors fans you know should be happy it's going to be exciting Uh, i've said it before but i think that you know the the masai ujiri play in for what is one of the more um like misinterpreted quotes (laughs) um when it comes to him i think that it was a bad situation and that's sort of was a kind of a diffusing type comment. I think he does not enjoy tanking. He likes to compete and he wants his players in high leverage situations. So I think if you're a Raptors fan, you're, you're going to get to see, you know, Hey, all your criticisms, uh, you know, the, the people who are down on Fred, the people who are down on Scotty, whatever it might be, you get to see all those guys in, in a really intense scenario. Um, and that's sports, right? You know, the, you, we can have all the ex- excuses we want, uh, but you get to see them fight for the season. And even this last little stretch, it's going to tell you a lot about the core. Um, you know, maybe uh, Masai and Bobby are like, we're, we're planning on resigning our three unrestricted free agents, but uh, one or two or three of those guys are absolutely terrible down the stretch here. And they're like, you know what? Maybe a sign and trade, right? I think, you know, it, it does. You, we're we're going to see what this this unit and this team is is made of and when how much, it should be built, right? Um, but uh, let's move on. Catherine, I'm going to stick with you. Um, and uh, this is sort of like, what, what do you want to see in these last 20 games from the Raptors? Like, what do you want to see in the final stretch? Um, 
I mean, this team has more or less started to find themselves again, which is what's really encouraging. And that's why mm -hmm. we're even having conversations about the sixth seed. So all of that's great. Yep. Um, I'd like to see, you know, OG get his offensive, offensive rhythm back, you know, yes. now that he's back from this wrist injury. And then outside of that, I just want to see us have what I would call it quality win. I want to see us get quality wins. So yes. wins where we're controlling the tempo and the pace of the game from the outset, you know, when the other team makes a run, we're able to hold on, you know, we're not giving up the lead and then we win the game. Cause that is what good playoff teams do. Yeah. And that is absolutely something I would love to see on a more consistent basis going into the end of this season. That would be, I mean, that's a fantastic answer. I think that would be absolutely wonderful to see. You know, we I feel like we almost saw it in the Utah game, right? Which ended up being... A, a total disaster. A total disaster. <laughs> but, like, it's sort of the energy was there. We were like, oh, man, like, we're better than this team. And then, I was you know, at that game, and I had our, I had yeah. two seltzers. That's what they sell there, seltzers. <laughs> and, Shit, and it was like, night, it, it was like I blinked and we lost the game. Like I feel yeah. like I it was a blur. I have no idea what happened. Um. Yeah. That that was that was it was like a blur in a terrible way. Yeah. Um, that was that was. Yeah. There've been a few of those this year, though. Even before yeah. the portal acquisition, a lot of fourth quarter meltdowns. Yeah. There definitely. Um. I think, you know, like the whole bend, but, but don't break, like absolutely does not apply to this team. Yeah. Um, yeah, they get bent and they will break. Um, but uh, yeah, good, great answer. Some quality wins. Um, you know, if we can beat, uh, uh, you know, a, a Lakers team that's trying to make a run, if we could beat a Clippers team, uh, I'll go ahead and say, I think, Perhaps beating, we played Denver twice. Perhaps beating Denver is not really, you know, a f that fair of an expectation. Like anyone can beat anyone uh, in this new parody era of the NBA, but uh, Denver's really good. Um, so I, I don't know about those games, yeah. but um, yeah, controlling games, right? We have this like Chicago, Washington, Washington. Um, I, for me, anything other than like two wins in that stretch is like very disappointing. And also I want some of those wins to be, you know, like for players to get rest or, you know, you know, God forbid, like, uh, like a, a big, like 10 players play, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Simon, what do you want to see down the stretch here? So I think that is a good answer because I agree with, with, with a lot of what you just said in terms of just this team, like we got, cut, we've, we've gotten a little bit excited that this team is coming back to life, but they've been beating up on Detroit, Orlando, teams like that. Mm -hmm. um, and these have been like pretty close games down the stretch, yes. like the five point games, 10 point games. Like, yes, it would be nice to see them take over and just dominate a bad team or just really, really. I mean, we saw that the talent disparity against Cleveland, just completely different level of competition. Um, now, my thing in, in terms of the, the final season, I have two. So one thing is I just want to see the team play with a lot more cohesion. I want to see the, a lot less ISO ball, a lot less taking turns mm -hmm. kind of on the offense. And then it's kind of a counterpoint to this. It's kind of counterintuitive, but I want to see Scotty be dominant. I want to see dominant Scotty come out. I want to see how he can um, kind of impose his will on teams. I think, especially in that Cleveland game, I saw it wasn't just Scotty doing this, but I saw, I thought the whole Raptors as a as a team were being very tentative on offense specifically. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know you look at Donovan Mitchell, come down, you just take whatever he wanted. Raptors would kind of be jabbing, like looking around, kind of waiting for an opening. 
And I think Scotty is the one guy on this team you can project as being a guy who can force those openings open, you know, really, really kind of impose his will on the other team. So I want to see some growth in that area for Scotty going into next year, because in all honesty, like you said, we'll get, it'd be great to get the eighth seed, seventh seed. We're going to get knocked out in the first round pretty quick. So I'm really interested in seeing how this core can come together going forward into next year. Um, so I think that those are the two things I kind of want to see in terms of keeping this core together and having them grow together. Yeah, good, great point. And, you know, uh, I think uh, I was saying on the, uh, on the pod last week, I predicted Scotty, uh, like the question was like, who's going to have the best, like, uh, you know, a- end to the season. And for me, it is Scotty. Uh, I think that it's set up for him to do so. Um, I really think he, you know, has this beautiful mix on this Raptors team where he's not relied upon too much and he's not, you know, kind of like getting, I mean, I think asking him to guard guards is, is not good. Uh, and he hasn't done a good job of that, but I feel like he can, he can kind of get it back in other ways. Um, and I think he will, I think he's really competitive and the more competitive situations he's in, uh, we're going to see that fourth quarter, Scotty, hopefully for more than, you know, just the fourth quarter. He's also, you know, in some of these games, he started to show some, some of his defensive promise. Like I'm not out on him being a, a ridiculously good defender. I think so much of defense is about timing and understanding the game. Uh, and, and I think he has all the skills to be a fantastic defender in the league. Um, um, I, I don't think he's a great point of effect, point, point of attack defender, but he could, he, he does have defensive skills. Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. I had something else to say, but I'm, I lost it. <laughs> no, all good. Um, yeah. My, 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 I want to see a cohesive bench unit. Uh, I want to see the same guys play every night and I want to see them have minutes they can rely on. Um, oh, I know what it was. Sorry. Um, sure. the, the, the chemistry with Pirtle for in particular, because I think, um, Scotty, he was kind of playing the center role earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And now that we've kind of seen Pirtle slide into the lineup and then Van Vliet's been out. So he's been kind of sliding back to point guard. Now, when Van Vliet comes back and Pirtle's in the lineup, he has to figure out who he is, what he is. Um, and that will also be an impact, impact how he can do what I'm saying, impose his will on other teams, really take control of games. Um, so I, I just want to see him find his spot on the team, and that will tie into all the other points about chemistry. And yeah. Yeah, well said. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Cool. I think uh, we're going to move on to some NBA stuff. We're going to get silly. Uh, Maddie, I'm going to get you to come in here, and I'm also going to get you to play uh, your your favorite Weird Al NBA sting. This is Adam Silverhawk. This is Adam Silverhawk. Honk. 
We know it. We love it. Adam Silver says, this is Adam Silver. He says his name. Um, <laughs> I'm like furious uh, for some reason. That's like the intro off the top where I was like, Catherine, most frequent guest. Um, okay. Yeah, let's, she was a little uh, offended by that. <laughs> I know. Um, well, hey, you know, I got. No, I, got, I wasn't uh, offended by that, just the cadence. Yeah, oh, and okay. that's on me. I got to pump it up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame on me. Um, well, I don't know about shame. You know, I'll take it easy on myself, but I got to bring it a bit harder, okay? <laughs> I, I use the word shame. <laughs> yeah, when I said when it says shame hit, it hit a bit too hard. Um, uh, okay, so Maddie, I'm going to start with you. I, I don't know how for sure finalized these are. I love asking these type of questions, so. Uh, obviously, silly answers are welcome. Uh, the NBA is considering uh, adding the ELAM ending. Uh, for those who don't know, they use it in the All-Star um, to make things competitive, uh, which was an utter failure this uh, All-Star game. But um, it's like a definite score that they go to uh, for overtimes. Uh, they're also considering uh, adding the, uh, you know, if you if you win a challenge, like in the NFL, you get to keep your um keep your challenge and do it again um which just side note i feel like doesn't really work towards you know keeping the games shorter but that's that's a different that's a different uh, kind of subject uh, i want to know um what you would add uh, as far as a rule uh it can be silly or serious to uh you know like the 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 regular uh like not not the playoffs but the, the you know the regular season um games um, okay. I feel like I've answered this one before and I always go with the four point line, but okay. I feel like if they put a four point line in, then it's going to be nuts and people are going to be just chucking from half court yeah. too much. Bit of a circus. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a bit nuts. So I'm going to say, because I don't love how, you know, we saw that overtime game that happened a few games ago. That was almost the record for points. It was the Clippers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Clippers, I feel Kings. like when you lose a game like that in overtime, it sucks. And there should be something you get for just either like something you get for getting overtime or both teams kind of get a stat against their regular season record that they weren't able mm. to do in regular time. Um, but hey, you know, what if uh, what if in overtime they did a one on one rule and it's like two <laughs> minutes and each a full court. <laughs> Each coach gets to pick a player to go out there for two minutes, no subbing off, and and they like have a little mini game between the two of them. Only in the regular season, just something fun like that, which is kind of like I don't know in hockey when it gets to the shootout, it kind of feels like that, and I don't know people hate the shootout, so maybe maybe it sucks. <laughs> oh, your own idea ends with you being like, "Yeah, sorry, people fucking hate that." Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going up against KD, like you're done. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Over. Malachi um, Flynn versus KD. Yeah, we would we would pick Malachi, I think for sure. Um, who are you picking, Pascal? Nah, nah, I'm going Flynn. Um, okay. Uh, also, yeah, I think you borrowed a bit from the NHL there, uh, as far as like you know the overtimes not being you know mm -hmm. getting some some points there. Um, let me go to you, Simon. What is your uh, what is your addition uh, rule addition to the game? I, I was thinking about a silly one, but I didn't really come up with anything silly. I've, I've got a boring answer, which is hey, I'll just uh, 
defensive fouls. I hate I hate how defensive fouls are called, like block charges, where if you move an inch, you're, you, the, the foul's on you. I would just mm-hmm. give the defenders a lot more options in terms of, of having being able to occupy space. I don't know how you'd write it exactly, but being able to play a little bit more uh, nitty-gritty defense, which I think would really help the Raptors as well. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. You know, I think that um, uh, Van, uh, Jeff Van Gundy is the first person I heard say this, but, um, you know, the, the idea that uh, defense has been legislated out of the game. Uh, I think there's some some truth to that, right? It's it's hard to defend without yeah. committing a violation of some. Sorry, Jeff Van Gundy preferred it when no one scored over seventy points a game. That's true. He does, I, I, I will say that's well said, because I, I do feel like a lot of this, like the the tough guy talk, is usually like I liked it when no one could dribble with their left hand and everyone yeah. got hit with an elbow. Um, but that, that's uh, all fair. But we're also fans of the Raptors who are like. I mean, not, not so much not so much this year because they're getting torched. But last year, I mean, there were a lot of those like a hundred to ninety games. Like, yeah, I do love that the record the record scoring game was followed up by a Raptors Pistons game that was like ninety to eighty five. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, yeah, okay. G- give the defense a leg up, Catherine. What's up? What's your rule change? Here's the thing. The last thing the NBA needs is more rules. Fair. You take a rule out. Here's the thing. If you're going to implement something new, you got to take something out. Okay. We got to cap the number of rules and things and nuances in this league. Sure. There's too many things. So if you want to add this Elam ending, you want to add to this coaching challenge. Well, you know what? Loose ball foul. You're gone. All right, Ooh. you're just you're gone because it's just too much. It's too much. It's so stupid. First of all, the don't mess with the overtimes. Overtime is fine. There's nothing wrong with overtime in this league. Leave it as it is. The to act like this is a problem it, to me feels like a conspiracy just to generate content. Like who? Uh, I have never ever heard someone complain about overtime in the NBA ever. Uh, that is stupid. The coaches challenge thing sounds decent, but. Truly, we need less rules, and that's my rule: is that we're we're putting a cap on the number of rules and things this league can have. So you can just you can just maul people in the paint on a rebound, basically. Yeah. Tyler would have had like a twenty-year career. <laughs> I'm not actually <laughs> suggesting the loose ball foul will be eliminated. I'm just saying you gotta like we you know it's just get it's getting silly. It's getting silly. Uh, I, I like it. Yeah, too many rules. Um, my, mine is this, um, if you dunk the ball, if you complete a dunk, uh, under no circumstance is that called a charge. Um, there, there, there's, it's usually, it's not the thing that happens. I feel like that's how it is already. Like (laughs) that's how it's supposed to be, but I've seen it where, where people, yeah, maybe that's not good. Cause I feel like there's that, like, that's the way it's kind of supposed to be already. Um, let me let me do a quick pivot. Twenty, it's twenty four second clock. Uh, let's get rid of uh, eight seconds over half. If if you take twenty one seconds to bring it over half, you that's your strategy. You can do it. Uh, that would that would definitely make end of games really annoying. Um, but I'm just I'm just saying it to be dumb. Um, and uh, everyone gets a free hat uh, just to go with Matt if they're if if they're in overtime. 
Uh, and you feel bad for them, everybody gets a hat. Uh, <laughs> you feel bad like, for nice. them. Everyone gets a different size top hat. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, let's uh, let's finish this baby off. Um, I'm going to go to you uh, first, Catherine. And um, yeah, this is sort of like, like take your time. You can kind of like walk us through your reasoning, but uh, who are your legit championship contenders? So like you could envision them. And I think it's really interesting with the parody we have going on. Cause it's going to be, there's going to be so much matchup stuff, but really who do you think could win the championship if everything broke right for them? And, and I guess how many of those teams are there? Um, well, in the East, I think there's only two and that's the, the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, but in the West, there's quite a few, um, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Suns, uh, and I'm going to, I don't know about the Warriors anymore. They're currently seventh. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if enough has gone right for them this year, but I can't say they're not a contender. They are the reigning champs. Um, I think the Clippers signing Westbrook is, uh, uh that's just going to be a no for me without getting too deep into it. And I'm not a big believer in the Mavericks. So I'll just cap it off at that four nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns and Warriors in the West. That's fair. I feel like that's very, you know, historical, you know, you, you, you definitely don't see uh, teams outside of the one and two seeds. I still can't um, believe the Kings are third in the West. That's yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I did a double take as well. <laughs> I was I like, know. wait, what? Like that is just the wildest story this year that maybe not enough people are talking about. Certainly people have remarked on it, but I just mean like, that is so wild. Like we're going to see the Kings, not just back in the playoffs, but in the second round, likely. I mean, wow. maybe not. Likely, they could get maybe. knocked off in the yeah. first round. Who am I kidding? Of course yeah. they could. But especially if the Warriors <laughs> get to the sixth seed, then I then I'm not betting on the Kings. But I mean, this is just that is nuts. That is absolutely I lo- nuts. I love that you're like, who who am I kidding? I'm talking about the the Kings. Anything? Yeah, possible. yeah. I immediately backtracked on that. Um, shout out, shout out to the Beam. Shout out to the capital of California. Um, you know what? The one thing I love about this whole light the beam thing is because it does, even though they've had it all season long and we didn't get ours until the playoffs started, but we had the We the North thing, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of a winning era. Yeah. That eventually led to a championship. So I it does have the same kind of feels for me, this whole light the beam thing, that it's it is the mark of a new era for them. Yeah, we the beam. Shout out. We the beam. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so Sacramento. I mean, you know, it's a super interesting story. I feel like they've they, the fact that they're still there to me says that um, that a they are legit, and 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 b the 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 Western Conference is not top heavy. Um, but uh, yeah, Simon, who are who are your legit contenders? So is is it more all- than those four? First of all, the Kings aren't on the list. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, it's basically it's basically it's pretty similar to the four that, that she just listed. Sure. Um, so I had the same thing when I was looking at the West. A lot of those teams that you think of as fringe contenders, like they're barely 500 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my top two, obviously, are the Celtics and Bucks. I think the Celtics and Bucks are right there. Um, they could easily win either one of them. Um, I think the yep. Suns are in that mix, but I really i am not totally sold in their defense, so they're maybe half a step behind. Okay. And then my kind of my second tier of teams that I think are really serious threats is the Nuggets, uh, the Grizzlies, and uh, the Sixers. 
I think those are kind of the, the three teams that I would be a little bit surprised. These are also the teams that I bet before the season, so maybe that's why I'm trying to keep them in the Oh, mix, okay. But... <laughs> Shout out to the gamblers. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I think those are the three that I think could kind of maybe upset one of those top, those top three that I just listed. Uh, but I think it's really those six. Um, and then you have a couple fringe teams like the Mavs and the Warriors who could put it together, but I'm not, I'm not banking on it at this point. So I think you're talking about legit contenders talking about those six teams. What do you think of the Clippers? Well, they're right there with the Warriors and the Mavs in that kind of way. Okay, like, but you're there in they, that tier for you. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they definitely could put it all together and, and go on a run, but it's hard to pick a team that's barely 500 right now to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a team that's like, I think the Clippers are like three or four games over 500, something like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, I don't really, I'm not really jumping at either of those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clippers three games uh, over five hundred. Um, I I think a pretty similar. I, I I don't know. Like I'm I'm not the best sort of like stats history guy, but what I generally do for contenders is, do you win sixty percent of your games? Uh, and uh, there's six teams that are doing that. Four in the East: um, uh, uh, Bucks, Celtics, Heavy Sixers, Cavaliers. Uh, and the two in the West, which is the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Uh, I think if you, you know, if you don't win 60% of your your regular season games, that tells me that, you know, you don't have enough to fall back on in the playoffs. And you don't have enough, like, adversity built in. Uh, I would say, you know, adding to to what you, you both were sort of saying, I feel like the Suns, they, they you know, they didn't, haven't had Durant, obviously, the whole season. So... I think there's that caveat, but then they also, to me, have the negative caveat, which is, uh, you know, for all the people who are like, oh, are the Suns the favorites? It's like, I, I don't know. Like, are you, if you're a betting person, do you bet on Chris Paul and Kevin Durant's health throughout uh, playoffs? Like, that's that's a tough bet. Um, and, and I think they both have an injury history that would suggest, um, you, you know, that's not something you can rely on. Uh, not to mention Booker's been really injured this season as well. But uh, yeah, so the, uh, my six teams are got the four in the East and the the two um, two in the West. Uh, and I'll just uh, sort of my caveat is that the Cavaliers are so new to the playoff mix that I would imagine there'd be some learning lessons there. So they're on the lower end of that for me. Um, I could definitely see them being upset by somebody. But uh, you know, then, then again, like you know, I don't want to underestimate uh, Mitchell. Because uh, he's bonkers, um, and he, he's proven himself in the playoffs uh, quite a few times. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that's it for the pod. That's it for the questions. Um, thanks everyone for listening so much. And um, Maddie, I'm going to bring you in for some, some plugs here. But first, uh, let's go to the guests. Simon, um, what's up? What do you got going on? Uh, I do feel like you have a book to promote. Yeah, so this is this is an old book, um, but I wrote it a couple years ago. It's called Running the Point. You can find it on Amazon. Um, you can find it if you go over to my channel, To the Point. I always post a link to my book. It's uh, sort of a, a kid's kids book, 60 pages, nothing too, too serious. But, uh, yeah, it's about basketball. It's, it's about a kid coming up, uh, learning learning how to play. So it's it's an interesting tie-in there. And then you can go over to my channel, To the Point, uh, youtube.com slash To the Point Podcast. Um, and sometimes you can find me at Raptors Republic, but, uh, I haven't written too many articles over there lately, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Dougie J's on Twitter. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks for joining the pod. Appreciate you, man. 
Yeah, great to be here. Um, when you said old book, for some reason, I was like, is that guy pulling out the Bible? No, you know no, I mean? no. I mean, um, it's been out for a couple of years. It's, it's a kid's book. It's only so many pages. <laughs> um, <laughs> Catherine, what's up? Uh, you know, I, I know you got a lot going on, but, you know, what do you feel like promoting today, yeah, right now? Just the usual, just the, you know, Buckets and TMBA show here on Raptors Republic. Uh, new episodes every Friday. So, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Um, Catherine's a great listen. Uh, uh, I feel like I got to pump it up. She's the most frequent guest. <laughs> um, all right, Maddie, uh, uh, what's up with us? What do people got to know? Uh, you know, just make sure to go to raptorsrepublic.com. If you watch the clips that we put up on YouTube, please go over to your favorite podcatcher and listen to the full episode. And rate and subscribe there if you can. And as well with the YouTube, please comment and like. The, uh, we appreciate all that stuff. And yeah, just Raptors Republic. They got the paywall. Please try and buy into that so you can read some of the great articles like that Simon does from time to time. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's pretty much it, friend. Right on. Well, uh, again, thanks everyone for listening and supporting and you know, support us in whatever way you can. We really, really do appreciate that. And um, Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast.